Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman. I'm with Kat Larson. Hi, Kat. Hello, love. I thought Hello. I'd give you a little London. That's I thought that I'd give you a little, little London. London. Thank you. <laughs> I miss it. I love it. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> we are with Very Best of Living. And um, I love that title also with, with some of the things we're talking about. Because really, if you want the very best of living, there are ways that you can get that. And mm-hmm. then there are ways you can't. And I shared before on a, a podcast that they had to tell us like to turn our head in London, and look right instead of yes. look left. And it's funny. I think in my field, sometimes I find people being told to look the wrong way. And there are arrows they point uh, a direction that is in not my, my sense of truth, not good for the individual. And people, unfortunately, are, are vulnerable. Like they want to believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ones I want to talk about today is what I think some people are very vulnerable to and not really owning and looking at. And that has to do with wanting who you're with, not wanting the idea of who they are that you're with. So what that means, for example, to me is if you're a man and you marry a woman and you are wanting the idea of somebody who will be the mother of your children, but you're not wanting her. Or if you're with a woman and you want a guy because he financially can take care of you, Mm -hmm. but you don't want him. It's almost like what happens is the person that is, is the idea of that person, that person becomes an impediment, an obstacle, because you really don't want them. What you want is what they offer. And if, if they're at all sharp, they will eventually at some point come to realize, I'm not in this for me. I'm not getting me. My needs met at all. I'm meeting your needs and you don't really want me as part of the package. And that's what builds resentment and bitterness in relationships. So I want to talk about what does it feel like to want someone? And what if you don't? Are you better off ending the relationship then or choosing to want them? Yeah. Can I ask a quick question before you start? Yep. Do you think most people, as you're talking about this, do you think most people are, are aware or is it all wrapped up like in a big ball of yarn knot that I need you to be the mother of my children. I don't necessarily want you, but I must love you because I want you to be, I mean, you know, it, yeah, it seems you start believing sometimes. that. you start, oh, do yeah. you think people get confused about that and love and, and, um, Very much so. Soon. so what you're saying is, is that most people aren't, it would be pretty evil and manipulative to go, I know I don't love you, but I'm going to use you for this. So that's not most humans, right? That's not most people. I, I wouldn't say evil, even. I think it's desperate. Um, desperate. But I think a lot of people, even the idea of being in love and loving is a very hard path for some people to navigate. They yes. they think, uh, if I'm not in love with you, then I shouldn't have to love you. So I want to talk about it from that perspective. I okay. do think, yes, there are people that are evil and that, that's their intent. Right. That's not right. I'm, I'm not referring to that. I'm referring right. to in, inadequate people that don't really know how to navigate this process in their life. Yeah, that's so a great. I'm gonna start, okay. I'm going to start with with um, a very personal story. So my okay. daughter gave birth to a child, her first child, and she named her Soleil and the son. And because of some choices she made with midwives, the baby died 12 days after she was born. And um, they rushed her to the hospital. It was too late to actually save her life. They kept her on, you know, help breathe for a while. And so my daughter truly wanted this child. Like it wasn't the idea of a child or the idea of being a mom. It was wanting her so late. 
And it meant so much to her to have her. I remember, for example, one of the most tender moments, I'm still moved to tears by it. When, before she passed away, my daughter was holding her in her arms. And my daughter is like, she's like the nature girl. She gets mm-hmm. nature. She loves that she's, in fact, she was told one time that she helped uh, decorate the earth with Eve, Mother Eve. Like she <laughs> just had that kind of gift about loving nature and living flowers and vegetation and mm-hmm. she's very organic. Mm-hmm. And so it was raining outside and she wanted to take Soleil to the roof so she could feel the rain on her face before she died. I mean, what a beautiful thing to want. And the nurse said, uh, no, you're not allowed to do that. So I'll just turn my face so I don't see you do it. And then she allowed her to go and do that. And she gave her this gift of experiencing that, right? What I, what I love most about her was her love for this child. Like she Mm -hmm. still lives with her. They include her in their, their family. She belongs. She's one of them. She has two more children now. And mm-hmm. um, she, but she has three children. So it's that kind of thing that you know when someone wants someone. It's yes. not a question. It's not contrived. It's not acting. It's genuine. And of course, there's pain with that. There's always more pain when you want someone than if you don't. Because right. obviously, if they don't want you back or they don't perform in a certain way that you would value, then it doesn't hurt you as much. But when you really want someone, like you want the best for them, you want them in your life, and they don't really want you, that right. hurts much more, right? Right. So I want to take that as an example of what I mean when I say wanting someone. And uh, there's this woman who, for example, she wanted her husband for years, years she wanted him. And he never wanted her. He wanted the idea of her. Uh, she was like smart. And so when she speaks to other people, he was impressed. And she, uh, you know, liked that. But he didn't want her. He right. wanted her to be able to speak to other people intelligently. Right. And um, so for years, she lost that sense of value that was going on. And what happens is when you do that long enough, you start eating away at your own value. Like, you know, you're not wanted. So it does make it harder for you to want yourself in that scenario when you want someone that doesn't want you. Right? Does that make sense? hundred uh, percent. So I want to take this from two perspectives. Like one is what if you're not the one wanted? right? What do you do? And if you are the one who doesn't want someone, what do you do? You do. Okay. Which one do you want to start with? If I'm not wanted, if you don't want me. Okay. So if, if someone does not want you, the approach people often take is defensiveness, uh, withdrawal, anger, uh, pleading, begging. There's lots of different kinds of moods people can go, a path people can take to make that happen. The way I recommend that if you're not the one wanted is you create a sense of wanting self. Like you start with, well, what is it I like about me? This person can't see it or want it. What is it I want about me? And you start creating reasons why you have legitimacy just because you exist, not because of someone else's value. And you think of other people in your life who have wanted you. Now, I have to tell you, there are some very, very sad stories I know that they, I have people who literally can't think of one person who ever really wanted them. That is brutal. But I also have seen them rise. And so the first thing you do is you start saying, so what is it I could value about me, regardless of what they tell me I shouldn't value? And build on that. Build kind of a library within yourself of things you can commit to and you can do. 
And you will feel lonely in the process. There's no question that you will struggle with feeling unwanted. Mm -hmm. But at least you're wanting yourself. Don't let them then decide for you not to want and value who you are. Want yourself in the process. Mm -hmm. At some point, you will then say, is this in my best interest to continue or is it not? Now, as like, for example, with a child, I can't ever see you making that choice. I can't ever see you backing away from the role that you have as a parent to wanting someone. I can see you struggling with how to want them effectively. That's called good parenting. But I wouldn't see you actually dismissing that. In a marriage, it's different because at that point, you can actually say, am I enhancing this person's life by wanting them when they don't want me? Are they doing things that are counterproductive to my own life quality? They're, they're taking away from the value of my life that I want to have. And if that starts happening, then you might want to end the relationship. If at that point you're realizing that they're not wanting you, is not just a matter of feeling you feeling lonely. It's a matter of them acting in a way that actually makes you vulnerable and unsafe um, mm-hmm. and, and destructive. Uh, I even say that to couples when they have children. I always say, you know, the greatest gift you can give a child is to love you after your spouse. You want to show them what life can be once they leave your home. And many people don't feel that way. They feel like I will stay because my kids need me, but they're, all they're seeing is a miserable relationship. It's not a healthy one at all. I think it's important for people to feel at some point um, responsible for the quality of relationships they engage in. Now, you may actually stay with someone knowing they don't want you and then find other ways to feel connected, like friends. Like typically, this woman I'm talking about, for example, has built wonderful, strong friendships that have been very enabling of her sense of quality of life and given her that sense of intimacy that she couldn't get with her husband. Did she stay married? She has stayed married. Okay. And it just actually now coming to grips with the fact that really it has been a long time that she's not been wanted. I mean, even though she knew it, she couldn't face it. She couldn't say it. And now coming to grips with the fact that she actually can own, yeah, you're right. That has not been the case. It allows her to hold him more accountable instead of the excuses and the rationale before he would use to justify affairs, uh, being gone doing things he wanted at her expense, those kinds of things. She's much more able now to, to see it, um, which she wasn't able to see it in the past. Because of wanting him so badly to want her, she dismissed a lot of her rights, and she shouldn't have done that, right? Mm. So I, I think the first start you have to go is, is find a place that you have value. Things you do, things people you run with, that give you a sense of legitimacy and worth. And you have to have the, the fortitude to hold space for that in your life, even if the other person doesn't want you, okay? And then the second is you start holding them accountable to being basically human. Like there's things that I think a lot of people that are not wanted don't feel they have the right to do, to say in a relationship or to somebody that says, no, no. Like I I think the best parents always tell their kids, no, sorry, that's not gonna work. And they're Mm -hmm. very firm with, I have the right to be this parent, right? to be responsible for choices you're making while you're under my roof. Uh, I think it's a good thing to do, very healthy thing to do. I have a son-in-law that has this premise of, I want my kids to be good human beings. So that gives him license to teach them those things. And I think it's because he wants them to have better lives, right? So Mm -hmm. if they don't want him in that moment because he's being firm, that's irrelevant to him. You can not want me all you want, but I want for you a better life. 
So in a relationship, I think if somebody's not wanted, it's important that they set a boundary of, no, you may not want me, but this is something I value. This is something I want. This is something I'm going to commit to. Because otherwise you'll lose your life. It'll go away. You'll, before you know it, the selfish person will own everything about you and your life. That's not helpful for you to do. I have a question. As you're talking, I'm trying to get my head around staying in a place where somebody doesn't want you. Why would that ever be positive or good? Because or you're not ready just... to be on. Un... I am saying, yeah, I, I think part of your problem, Kat, is a yellow. You can't comprehend that. Like we have an inbuilt trait. I'm that says we will. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are slow. But as yellows, we have an inbuilt piece that is literally part of our DNA that you, you want to be adored. Like you really want that. And so you typically will not allow yourself to stay someplace you're not wanted. Because that one is even less than adored, right? Yeah. So uh, the only problem I have with that was like Elvis Presley, who is a yellow, who stayed with a very sick red entrepreneur at his own expense. Mm -hmm. He did lose himself in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And of course, it cost him dearly in the end, right? Um, So it does, even yellows can be so caught up in the applause or the money or whatever that they actually forget. It's not you they want. It's the idea of you. Um, So that's, that does happen. But, and I also would say in people's defense, Kat, there are people who don't want to be alone yet. They're not ready for that, that break. Oh, and that so, makes or sense. they may, or they may have children uh, that they can't manage how to, how to navigate life with them on their own, or they may have financial restraints. I mean, they really can't afford, I mean, I hate to say this, but in my growing up years, women didn't have much rights or opportunity for right. standing on their own. And so they would often stay because what else are they going to do, right? Right. So it's funny with that. And so with responsibility, um, with more freedom comes more responsibility. Right. And so right. women today have more rights and opportunities. So I think some of them abuse that and throw away a good relationship because they don't need it as opposed to working through it. On the other hand, it's so great that some of them who really better to go, they're able to do that now instead of being strapped and stuck in an abusive relationship. So I don't ever impose on someone, you have to do this. I may actually struggle with them staying myself, okay. but it's not my life. It's their life. And they have the right to move it at their pace and that they're ready or willing to do. Do you ever find people that keep trying and keep like they have this? Um, well, maybe if I do this, then they'll love me. Or maybe if I go here or do this or keep working or give them, I'm going to give them this or I'm going to. Absolutely. Gonna, and Absolutely. And so that's, that's you bringing to them, Hey, <laughs> this person has showed you who they are. You have to right. believe it. <laughs> right. Well, and where I go with them is with them. I'm like, you, you need to own this. Like you're choosing to stay. And this is very abusive. It's happened numerous times. It's going to happen again. If you choose to stay, that's on you. Tell yourself why you're staying. Like I'm very direct about that. I want them to take ownership for their, their role in that relationship. Because it's symbiotic at that point, right? Oh, oh, um, oh, and, oh. and yeah. I do, in all fairness, there's a falsehood that they have a, a belief that if they do this, then that person will want them. Yes. Um, and, and quite frankly, now, now you give me on another path. There are people that do things that make you not wanted. Like there are unhappy, mean, cruel, whatever. There are people that, that are not likable. Yes. And so, yes, there are things they can do to make the person want them. Absolutely. I see some relationships where I'm like, well, you're not wantable. Like that's on you. 
I mean, I see people actually want unwantable people, which is amazing in my mind, but they do. So if you're with someone who is not wanting you and you're not wantable, then work on it. Like become someone that is desired, desirable, as opposed to staying negative, critical, unhappy. I mean, I know people, for example, that want to go experience life. They want to travel or something and their spouse is just not interested, makes no effort to even try and give a compromise. And so it's that's kind of hard for me when I look at the other individuals with good motives, wants to do the right thing, but feels totally strapped and, and limited in life because of a spouse who doesn't want to grow or expand or risk, whatever it might be. So I do think there is that element. If you're not the wanted one, you have to look and see what is the truth behind this. Is the person not capable of wanting you or are you not wantable? Okay. So then I want to go now to the person who is not wanting. Like, right. no, I, I don't want you. I think what's so sad to me, you know, most of the world are in marriages that were arranged. And I'm well aware that many of them are not happy. I understand that. But many of them are happy. And that's the part that throws people with free choice about who to marry into a tizzy. That's where people get, they get so caught up in, how can that be? Well, it's because people choose to want someone. They think about them first thing in the morning, last thing at night. They think about them throughout the day. They think of things that they value, the love languages. They will give them things in their love language that matters to them. Or the person that doesn't want someone doesn't. They could care less. That's not my problem. That's your problem. So if you want to choose, if you want someone good for you, it's lucky. Right. I even know people that want someone, but you'd never know it because <laughs> they don't show it in how they yeah. behave. But yeah. They, they genuinely do want that person, but they're living a very conflicted life. But if you don't want the person, then you can choose to want them. And how would you do that? What do you think, Kat? I think you just find maybe one thing that you appreciate. Who That's they really are. good. Yeah. About them personally. About them uniquely. Personally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I want to say this. I want our listeners to hear me. Love is a decision. You can always choose to love. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you learn that in your life, the younger you learn that, the less havoc you you will create in your Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Because what people typically kind of think is, I don't want this person. I don't love them. I'm off the hook. I just don't want them. Well, that doesn't solve. You're not off the hook at all. You haven't even started. You're not even doing your work at all. How could you put energy? What energy could you put into seeing this person as others do? I've always said to people, for example, you see people as you want to see them. So that's on you. There are two people who can see the same person totally different. So I always say to them, how is it so-and-so sees them? Well, they love them because of or whatever. I said, okay, let's start with that. So clearly somebody has chosen to see this person in a better light than you have. Is that because you're stuck with the past? Are there things they've done to you in the past you can't forgive? Is there something you expect them to be they're not? And so you're holding them hostage to unrealistic expectations that you placed on them in the beginning? Mm -hmm. Uh, Those kinds of things, right, are what I say to people. Get your thinking straight and then make the choice to decide to love. And then the question, of course, is how do you love what you do that is loving? And it's typically in their language, not yours. That's the other part that gets more kind of interesting to watch that play out, right? How do I love someone else the way they would know they're being loved or wanted? How would that look? Mm. 
I want to ask a, a question. So say that you have a, a relationship. So let's say it's parental and, and child. Yes. Right. And the parent chooses not to be in a relationship with a child. It's grown. Right. Well, right. You know, cause you have to, I mean, you know, you're, you have to, when you're, when they're young, cause you're taking care of them. Right. Of course. But, right. But I'm an adult now. It's not me, but I'm just asking, I'm an adult now. And now my parent doesn't reach out or respond or want to be part of my life or my kid's life. Is there anything in that that's just broken? Like when you look at that, are do you still apply that same thing? Like I reach out, they don't get back to me. I want them to be part of my life. They're not. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that a lot. I, I always say to people that at 18, it's not right, but it's kind of an easy way to look at it. You erase the, the board. It's, oh. it's on you now. Like take or leave whatever happened to you. But if you still belabor that, you know, negatively, you're not living your life. You're living the life they gave you and how you felt about that. So oh, that's so powerful. Wow. Wow. Spring, if you'll live it. I always say to somebody, if you're like, if you're an adult, right, you're 25. And your parent does things that are counterproductive to being healthy, then you limit their impact. Now, the reality is the stronger you are as a person, the less toxicity bothers you. So you can almost (laughs) laugh at toxicity, whereas others that are just as good a person, but they're not strong, they can't deal with almost any toxicity. I like the rejection of someone not calling them back is too much. So I'm like, well, then, then don't set yourself up for it. Don't don't make that part of your ritual that you go through getting your parent not to call you back. But if you're if you're strong, you can always open that door, always call them, invite them. They don't call you back. It's like that's on them. I get they're not there. And so you decide how much leverage you carry in how you're gonna deal with your parents after you're 18. Okay. That is kind of on you. So I see that. Right. And I also think there's something to be said for uh, I want to go two paths here. One is energy. I mean, how much energy is it worth putting out there? Like really that you may have been saddled with these parents and there really is not a whole lot there. And so you're not going to change them. So you may say, you know what? I'm putting a lot of energy that is not really very smart on my part. I, I'm going to give it less energy, good and bad. And then that's one path. The second path is how do I love someone better? Like, so how do I not make it about me? I don't care if they call me back or not. I just want them to reach out and see how they're doing. And if they don't get back, that doesn't change the fact that I wanted to reach out and see how they're doing. I still did. And they didn't want to. So they didn't want to share with me. So, okay. And then you move on. So I've always tried mm-hmm. to, I like, I have one, one gal. Oh my gosh. I'm glad she's red. And um, her mother's an alcoholic mm-hmm. and she has, I just love her strength. She's so strong. But of course, as it goes, you get so angry at an alcoholic who denies her an alcoholic uh, that you, you finally get angry and you get mean and you become them rather than you. So I was working with her, trying to help her stay her best self, be non-affected um, by her mother's inadequacy and uh, cruelty as an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I said, I need you to, for example, like when she asked you questions, your nature is not to talk to her. Like I'm so forget you. Don't even, don't even come in my space. She's ruining you. She's taking control of you. That's not okay with me. And that will burn you down the road. So we want to fix this now. I said, I want you simply to respond to her the way you would respond to anybody. Like just give a response and not expect a positive reaction, but don't hold her hostage in her alcoholism. That's her prison, not yours. Don't let it become yours. Mm. And then move on. Then move on. And it's not easy to do, by the way. I, I want people to know when they're hearing this. 
when you're treated as badly as she's been treated and anyone here has been treated by, you know, people with addiction and alcoholics and whatever, um, mean, cruel people, whatever. What if you experience that, you have to decide how much energy is this worth. But if you also want to grow, I'm just recommending that you don't let them define you. You define you with them. And that will free you of having right. this, this cancer become yours as you get older in life. So the idea is, how do I want somebody that I don't want? And I'm telling you, you choose, you decide love. You choose them. And if you're not wanted, ask yourself, are you wantable and desirable? And if you're not, work on you to become that. And number two, if you're not, start building your own sense of value without asking them to give it to you. And then it'll help you get better grounded. So when you have to make decisions, whether you stay or go, you'll feel much stronger about who you are in the process. Okay, that's it for today. Well, just so you know, Taylor, I'm choosing to love you, okay? (laughs) I'm choosing this today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and I'm going to hold you hostage to that. Like the next time I screw up, <laughs> I'm oh, going to yeah, say, right. whoa, 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 whoa. You chose to you love chose me. This. <laughs> yeah. And I will be honest, like this is kind of unfair. I'll about to tell our listeners. Kat is one of those people who is very easy for me to love and you. So it's been a pleasure. Oh, I made my day. Love you. It's Bye. true. Love you. Love Thanks, you listeners. We'll talk Bye. to you next week. Bye. Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up. And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.